Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Gavel. This is the Deliberation, the mid-October edition. I am Cam. And I am Devin, Cam's co-host for this evening. We will be discussing the military draft and flag burning. And the phrasing of our question is, is a military draft moral, and should it always be an act? Well, my original thoughts, it's somewhat immoral, just because it's, it's you're basically forcing a person to fight for something, even if they don't fully support it. And I think only in extreme, extreme circumstances like the United States is under attack everywhere, and it's either you die of a bomb or you go fight. So that's the only time I could think of a necessity for a draft. I feel that it is right when it's necessary, but that it shouldn't be mandatory all the time. If we look at the earlier society, Roman, Greek, they had a sort of system where if any sort of attack happened, then any man of legal age would then be taken and be forced into the military. And there were other societies around that time where people would go into that anyway, either voluntarily or because they were forced to. And, I mean, if you look at it in a simple way, like Athens versus Sparta, where Athens was much more focused on the arts and innovation and amazing um, technological developments, whereas Sparta had military and strength, and it was very, very well-organized and powerful. Uh, well, I just think in today's society, to having a strong military is important, but it's less important than a lot of other aspects. We're not fighting to conquer land. We're not fighting to conquer other civilizations what we have is pretty solid so i think that like most things just the necessity of it has kind of shifted to other aspects of life not just a militaristic kind of view i mean we are involved in a war right now and if you look at the only times that we've had a military draft in place in this country it's been in a time of war or necessity and given that this is the longest war to take place in our country's history do you think that we should have had it maybe 10 years ago i don't think it would have helped because i don't think the problem was not enough people it was just the size of the problem the magnitude of the conflict sometimes having more people doesn't necessarily mean an easier win or a win at all sometimes too many cooks spoil the pot. If we had had a mandatory draft of men of a certain age or eligible age, and we had so many more soldiers, do you think we would still be involved in a war if we had had that maybe eight years ago? Well, I think people would have realized sooner that it was kind of, there were a lot of parts of the war that were unnecessary, and obviously now we're starting to pull out of the Middle East a little bit and um, starting to decrease our number of troops in Iraq. In Iran, but I think if we had enacted it years ago, it would have, if anything, it would have made us realize sooner that it was unnecessary to go to war. Could that have been a benefit? If maybe that was the standard, if you're in a state of war for maybe six months, then this would be slowly implemented. Do you think that would help dissuade from a large global conflict like we're in? I don't think it would have helped us win. I think it would have helped us take it a little more seriously. Knowing that, you know, there were both people there who wanted to be there and both people there who were forced to be there. So people wouldn't have just been like, oh, we can deal with other problems, but this can be on the back burner. If that was the case, then we could, it would have been like, we should focus on this right now. We should get this dealt with. And then hopefully it would have been dealt with earlier. Kind of going off of that on a tangent, if we were to have a military draft today, should it, should it involve only men or men and women? I would say men and women. At the same time, you can't just take every one of that age group 
Exactly. But what's to say, if you're just taking men at the same time, there are a lot of willing women who want to go. Right. So it's like, why couldn't we just take the willing women and have the men who don't want to be in it stay home either way we're getting people either not enough people or people who don't want to be in it or people who want to be in it but aren't in it so imagine if that had been the policy with the second world war we would have lost an entire generation yeah and i think i mean especially now i mean i know i don't want to go to war i mean i'm going to be 18 in a couple months i don't want to be going off to war i don't i don't know if that's my middle class suburbanness talking but but i mean i'm not alone i know that much with you. Yeah. My thought is a lot of the people who are going to be doing it aren't going to want to be doing it. So what aid is it going to be in the war with people fighting who aren't in it for the right reasons, who aren't in the right mindset, who aren't brave enough to go do it? That would just maybe get in the way or hurt us in the long run while there. I agree. There's no guarantee that people will rise to the occasion. So to go to our second part of it, if it were to be enacted all the time, mm-hmm. that'd be right. If it was standard, if we were recording this podcast and we knew that when we turned 18 we would have to go in for however many years, do you think you'd be for or against it if you had grown up with it and if that was the norm for society? I think if it was the norm for society there would be coming of age thing where it's like in our society you turn 18, you graduate from high school you go to college you begin your own path of life you begin your own path as an adult but if it was this situation where your parents your grandparents and you knew eventually you would have to do this then it wouldn't impact you as negatively i agree so basically we think it is acceptable when it's necessary but we shouldn't have it all the time and if it was if we grew up with it and our parents grew up with it then it would be less of a you know a burden right would you like to lead us on our second point for today should flag burning be legal? It should. I mean, it's a blatant disagreement or disapproval of the country. But at the same time, we are based off of these ideals that we are a country of free speech and we are a country of free expression. So we should be willing to accept those different opinions as long as they're not extremist or radical. Right. Um, I looked over some of this because we're talking about it in debate a long time ago, and I remember them, and I decided that it should be legal because it's covered under freedom of speech and it's symbolic mm-hmm. speech. I have an extreme moral problem with it, and I think it yeah. can be legal without being moral. Yeah, because it's, it's a very technical problem where it's like there is really no disagreement with the fact that it is basically covered under the freedom of speech and people will look at it as horrible like you are disgracing your country but i mean what's the worst the the act in itself isn't as harmful as what may come from it i think it should be legal and i think we both have sort of a moral dilemma with it yeah i don't i don't think it's a right thing to do no it's one of the most un-american things i can imagine yeah and it's kind of it comes down to the po- the point where if you've been forced to do this by your morals and you know you are just you need you feel the need to do this so badly then you know why are you in America why do you still want to be here I think I mentioned this on the first episode of the gavel we were talking about sort of un-American things and one of the most well the most un-American thing that I've basically ever heard is when people go on and on about 9/11 being a conspiracy that was 
planned and enacted by the government. That bothers me. I find that intolerable. Why would the government want to kill 3,000 of its own citizens? How, how can you live in America and say that? That's just a blatant distrust of the government. Right. And I mean, we just spent three years with every 60-year-old moron with a wig saying that our president didn't have a birth certificate. Okay, that is the most asinine thing I've heard in a while. How can you think that our system would be so stupid as to think that he wouldn't have a birth certificate? Yeah, like at no point during any of that the is, elections. <laughs> that is the most – that would probably be the first thing – they come up with and people are saying that oh he's the president he could forge a birth certificate but <laughs> you know years into his presidency isn't the first time he's going to be showing his birth certificate right i mean he would have had to show it very early on before he had the connections before he had the access to the people he would need to make it so i just think the fa the fact that some people think he made it or like forged it is kind of comical Let's not worry I mean, about policy. Let's not worry about our failing economy. Let's focus on if our president is an American. Regardless of his, if he's American at this point, let's just, you know, solve our problems and, you know, hope he acts like a president. See, well, see, I don't care if he was – if people think he was a citizen or not, if he, what, what happens. It's just like I look at what he does and what he has done, and that's how I base my decision of him. Right. You partially have to judge them on their ideals and their motivations. And I think every president, as well as President it's, Obama, has been looking out for the country. He's been doing what in his mind is the best thing for America. And if you look at the basic principles that have led the stimulus package and everything he's done with the economy, it's following one specific economics model, which had just as much of a chance as working as every other economics model. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that his plans have worked as well as he wants them to. Right. I don't think I don't think they've worked very well personally. It's not like he hasn't tried. He has he did come in to office with a ton of problems to deal with from the previous administration. Exactly. Which I don't think people are taking into account. Hard for any president to fix all the problems of the past and then still come up with great new ideas and implement them for the future. Right. I mean, in four years, you can't undo every policy made in the past 20 years of a different... Um... So that, that's, the, that's the problem with, you know, not the problem, but that's just a byproduct of having Democratic and Republican, you know, parties. Right. You know, obviously, one president may not agree with every policy that has been made in the past by other presidents. It's just not going to happen. And if you, if you put the economy aside, if you look at what he's done for social change... I mean, trying to uh, make universal health care, whether you think it's moral or not, based on where the money is coming from, the act of it is honorable. See, I only think – my only thought on health care is if we have the money, then that's fine. But, you know, if we don't, then don't. But, you know, it's – at least he's trying to do something. Right. You know. I mean, don't ask, don't tell. That was revolutionary. It's one of the first steps in, you know, acknowledging the fact that gay rights – are probably and hopefully will be granted soon because if not, then I'd, li I'd like to see what happens if it's not. That would be interesting. We talked about this on the first um, episode of The Gavel. I think it was the deliberation. And mm -hmm. we were saying that gay marriage – well, I was saying that gay marriage should be a national issue. Yeah. I mean, obviously I think if it has to be a state issue and if, if that's all it can be, then at this point we have to accept that. But – 
soon it should be realized that the issue isn't, you know, specific to any state. I mean, I don't want to see it where, you know, the entire Northeast has legalized gay marriage and the West Coast has legalized gay marriage and Texas takes 25 years to do it. Yeah. And then at, because then at that point, what do you say? Do you still keep it a state issue or do you say, okay, 49 out of the 50 states have accepted it. We're going to make it a federal issue and then just for Texas. It is a rights issue. It comes back to that, like, religious aspect, you know, because the only thing I can think of as an argument against it is that that's not how, you know, it is in the Bible. The whole purpose of our government is not to live by religious standards. The whole purpose of our country, if you look at yeah. what we were founded. Yeah. It's not... So why are we harping on such a point and we want every citizen to have the same rights? So why are we so fixated on this one point? What's what's going to happen if we legalize gay marriage? It puts more money into the economy? There's like, no downside. It puts, the only downside I can think of is that people, there are some people who would disagree with it. But then again, you have to think about, there are so many people and so many decisions made that people disagree with. Anyway, so what makes this different? Right. It's just, it's gotten way more publicity, and it's just, it's become such a bigger problem because it hasn't been dealt with. When women just, were given the right to vote, people disagreed with it. Yeah, but now we can't imagine our country without that, without the equality. Again, what makes that different? That just, it bothers me. And if we were to go back to what we uh, talked about in one of our other episodes, Newt Gingrich, I mean... I would like future generations to grow up in a world of equality where this is looked back upon looked back upon as something silly, something that is obvious. Yeah. Like we look back on um like women's suffrage and like think about how it took so long, but like you said, we can't imagine a world without That was a nice discussion that we somehow got from flag burning to gay marriage. Alright, the last two discussions have gone really well. And we want to, and we're sure you want to listen to it. So we're going to throw in a bonus one. We're going to do three today. And our third bum. is, should marijuana be legalized? Bum, bum, bum. What are your thoughts? Off-the-cuff reaction, I would say no, it shouldn't be legalized. But just because I don't think we need more stupidity. But an argument for legalizing it would be regulation, so that we don't have drug dealers. And also, if it was legalized, then it would be part of the economy. It would be controlled, more safe, and it would also be included in the economy, which would add to our GDP. Because if you look at the underground economy and at the role it plays in our in our country alone, it's massive. In under, yeah, because it just undermines our own economy. Look at Mexico. I think it's 30% of their economy is the underground economy. Yeah. So I think there are benefits to it, but no, it shouldn't be legal. Yeah, I agree with that. I think a lot of me is thinking about, like, the economic standpoint of it and just that we have enough problems economically that, you know, this would really help out. But at the same time, you know, there are no guarantees that it's going to save our economy and then what are we left with, you know, still bad economy but a bunch of high people. (laughs) It's it's true. Yeah, it's not a win-win. If we look back, there is a reason they pushed back drinking from 18 back to 21. There's a reason that things like these are regulated the way they are or completely. Yeah, exactly. Or just illegal the way they are because, you know, people say that, oh, marijuana is not that bad. But (laughs) 
it leads... Well, I mean, from the, the marijuana itself, obviously, you're not all together, but the effects of it aren't as bad as some other things, but it leads to so many other problems. It's kind of like you can't you can't just ignore it and and just say oh it'll be good for the economy let's do it i think we need more intelligent people ignorant people bother me i mean it's the same argument as legalizing prostitution morally wrong could have benefits for the prostitutes and it could boost safety regulations but again is it the obvious the biggest point for all of these you know arguments is that it'll benefit the economy but to what extent is my question well i think prostitution is more safe yeah i know what you mean like in a physical sense you're right i think prostitution i'd be more okay with rather than legalizing marijuana why uh i mean i don't really know but i I just don't put it in the same category as drugs understandable in my mind i don't see it as big of an issue i mean there are people who are in have horrible lives and have horrible deadly situations because of both of these issues so i mean i agree with them things on this nature being regulated but being legalized just to be regulated right i think to open the floodgates it kind of seems counter and like counterproductive shouldn't legalize marijuana or prostitution this has been the mid-october episode of the deliberation from the gavel cam and i am devin thank you thanks for watching (laughs) yeah i always say watching i mean listening (laughs) We will see you next time. Bye.